All right, we are very happy to be joined in studio by Rob McLeod, uh, Frisbee Rob. Uh, how do you get a name like Frisbee Rob? I guess Frisbee uh, must be your life. Is that fair to say, Rob? It is. It used to be <laughs> Ultimate Rob. Oh, Ultimate right. Frisbee, and then I got into more Frisbee stuff, so I became Frisbee Rob. <laughs> so for anyone, I mean, I think we've all thrown a Frisbee around at some point in our life. How did you... Uh, a, figure out that you were good at uh, throwing the Frisbee, and two, decide to make that uh, your main area of focus. So I didn't actually start playing Frisbee until after high school. Okay. And that's actually a big point that I make to kids is you don't have to start something when you're really young. Mm, okay. But I did a lot of things when I was young that helped me become good at Frisbee, like playing baseball, you learn how to catch. Ah, yes, distance, okay. You learn how to turn your body and get power on a throw. And so when I started getting into Frisbee after high school, I actually went to the U of A. Okay. And bought... Um, a disc from the Butterdome. Oh, from, yes. From the University of Alberta <laughs> Ultimate Team and started teaching myself how to throw. And there was no YouTube. That was in 2000. Yeah. There was one website with a couple grips of like, here's how you <laughs> hold the Frisbee. And so I went in this big field. There were some cows that would join me once in a while and some horses that would kind of be like, what's this guy doing? And I just really fell in love with the flight of the disc. And that's really what brings me back is there's a famous quote by Stancil Johnson about how Frisbee combines our greatest tool, which is our hand, with our greatest dream, which is to fly. And so when I throw the Frisbee, I'm literally making it fly. Different than a ball, balls fall, Frisbees fly. And when a ball dreams, it dreams it's the Frisbee. So for me, <laughs> everything that I do with Frisbee is all about showing people what's possible with Frisbee, whether it's oh. playing catch with yourself, with a friend, with a dog, with a basket, you know, for disc golf. Yeah, so it's uh, obviously a, a pretty important part of your life, and rightfully so, because you uh, did not come across the uh, the name Ultimate Rob or Frisbee Rob by accident. You obviously are very good at it, despite being self-taught with no YouTube video help. Uh, can you t uh, rattle off maybe a few of the records you've set uh, throughout your time uh, Frisbeeing? For sure. So the record that I'm most proud of is the longest throw to a dog, and it's about one and a half football fields. <laughs> Um, I also have three Guinness World Records on ice skates, so I throw the Frisbee and catch my own throw, which I did at the Silver Skate Festival in Edmonton. So Canadian. Sorry, just really quick, what was the dog's name? His name was Davey. He was, uh, uh, Ryan, sorry, Ryan doesn't care about your accomplishments. <laughs> uh, Rob, he is in it for uh, the dog. Uh, Davey, who I mean, I know was a, an amazing dog, uh, could not have asked for a better partner to do that type of with stuff Sarah, with. The second fastest dog in the world. They love to sleep, and he's super chill. <laughs> he went yeah. into over 100 schools with me. Um, he threw up on the floor. He peed on the floor. Uh, he pooped on the floor. So we had some some interesting adventures. For uh, sure. Yeah, good times uh, and bad. But I know you're a you're a so, you're solo now. But does that? Uh, I guess that probably doesn't affect uh, anything. You still like doing all the the working with dogs and stuff too, right? Yeah, I still compete with dogs. Yeah, um, have taken obviously a different focus now because he's not there, and so that's not my main thing. I have more focus now on actually growing the sport of Frisbee and getting into more schools and traveling a lot more. Yeah, and you mentioned going into schools, and uh, you not only take, uh, hey, try out Frisbee, it's really fun, and here are some of the things you can do with it, uh, but you also talk to kids about physical activity, which do you find that uh, that is something that... Uh, parents and teachers are kind of uh, asking you to do these days more often because of uh, so many kids love to to play games, which unfortunately, unless you have a treadmill desk, you're probably not uh, running and playing a game at the same time. And of course, it's so easy to play uh, online games and whatnot nowadays. It, it, what, I guess, message do you take to kids when you do go to these schools? For sure. And, and there's so much to unpack there, really, because it's like now that we have like a Roomba, we don't vacuum as much. Yeah. We have dishwasher, we don't wash dishes. So 
physical activity that we used to do that didn't seem like much. Like in reality, our body burns way more calories if we just lay there and don't move, right? Yeah. Our body takes a lot. So people like will work out a little bit and that's great, but it's what you're eating. Um, but a lot of kids now too, I noticed, I was at a school a couple weeks ago and the kindergartens were trying to balance on one foot. But a lot of the shoes that they were wearing were super thick or very oh, stiff. Okay. If they just took off their shoes and went in bare feet or sock feet, they'd be a lot better. Oh. And so there's a lot of things happening when they're five and six years old that have an impact. There's a lot of campaigns that we talk to kids about playing, but adults don't play. We're like, you should go play. We don't have to play, right? And it's like, yeah. you know, going to play hockey is not play. That's an organized sport. Yeah. And so I mentioned to kids, like, what would the game of hockey be like if you had a triangle hockey rink with three nets and two pucks? It might be a terrible game, but that's, that's making up a game, right? Like, go see what that's like. And that's really what I love about Frisbee is getting kids back to playing. Um, part of the reason that I'm doing what I do is there is a TED Talk called The Demise of Guys with Philip Zimbardo. And he talks a lot about the 10,000 hours. Yeah. So Malcolm Gladwell is famous for talking about that with practice. By the time a kid is 21, uh, the average kid spends 10,000 hours playing video games. And so when you look at that and it's like... How much time are we spending on screens? When you and I were in high school, yeah. we weren't spending seven hours in front of a screen. Right. So we had more time to sleep. We had more time to spend with friends. So now that we're spending all this time on screens, sleep is suffering. Our friend time is suffering. There's a lot of things that we're getting away from. And so people are like, everything in moderation, but we still have 24 hours in a day. How yeah. can we add more to each day? Try and do more, right? So it's just trying to figure out, find your thing. You know, if, if you like hockey and you spend three hours watching a hockey game, well, you can't play hockey. Right. So it's like try to figure out that balance a little bit. With Frisbee Rob, a guy who goes across the country uh, talking about, well, both Frisbee and staying active, uh, talking about a bunch of uh, sports that uh, kids could take part in. But even it's something simple as walking in nature, I mean, is, is physical activity, right? I mean, you don't have to be uh, a sporty type guy to do that. No, and it's like, you know, video gamers, right? There's a lot of them that train. It's very important. If you're yeah. sitting a lot, the stronger your body is, the more you can be consistent from the first time you play that game. Finger dexterity, like really important. You know, yeah. We know from a lot of typing, you see people with these big braces on their arm. <laughs> yeah, I know, true. Carpal tunnel syndrome, right? So yeah. you know, if, if you're playing 10 hours a day on a video game, what are you doing with your body to counteract that? So Yeah, well, and it's funny, too, because we're in a unique situation because we uh, we have a, a friend of the show, Parker Thompson, who's a race car driver. And you think of, like, being a race car driver. is he, And he'll tell you, you basically sit there and let your body rattle while you, like, engage your core for however many hours. But, you know, you're not doing anything. But still, that kid trains harder than anybody I know. Uh, so he can stay in peak physical condition uh, for uh, the mental, I guess, side of it as well. Uh, I, you probably see all kinds of benefits uh staying fit is not only keeping your body in tune physically but mentally too probably yeah and especially when you're competing a lot and even when i'm doing trick shots in front of kids there's a lot of times where i'm telling myself like you know if i miss the first throw in the basketball net, oh you're terrible you're, <laughs> this. you're a failure why are you doing this yeah right and so it's working through that those moments of not feeling good enough and being like, it's okay if we're not good enough all the time. We can't always succeed. Yeah. Um, and so there's a lot of lessons. Like, you know, we've talked about this before online about, you know, video games and yeah. the benefits that come from it. But the really big part that's coming from it is the amount of dopamine that we're getting hit with. Yeah. That's just not video games. That's Netflix and YouTube. So it's this feel-good drug that we watch one episode and then we watch another episode and we watch another episode. And all of a sudden we're eight hours in. Like, cool, I got to extract myself from this. What can I go do? Yeah. And we do get dopamine from other activities. It's just a lot slower. 
Um, and it actually is rewiring kids' brains. And yeah. it's not having a good impact on our brains either, but in theory, we're fully developed brains. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I mean, you, honestly, yeah, you uh, you hear about the dangers of drugs on developing brains. And, I'm, you know, certainly anything that happens too much to a developing brain, probably not good. And, yeah, I mean, if you think about it, what does every game maker, product maker want is for the customers to come back again and again. So they want to make their product as addicting as possible. But I suppose uh, it's up to parents and uh, the, the guides. Because kids, really, it's tough for them. To, to break away from these things, but parents certainly can help, right? And, and kids model, I just had a really good chat with um, a mother of two girls on Friday actually about this, and they model what she does. And so if she's wearing really bright colored clothes, they might want to wear uh, bright colored clothes. If yep. she's on her phone all the time, they probably will go on their phone a lot of the time too. So it's really about setting those examples. Um, and I talk to kids about this all the time, just three simple tricks or three simple tips to get away from screens, or at least to set limits. You know, we always talk about no texting and driving, but no screens in the bedroom, no screens at the dinner table, and no screens an hour before bed. And just some simple things. So, like, b- before you go to bed or get ready for bed, put your phone somewhere else. Yeah. In your bedroom, there's no phones. You're not going to be disturbed. Yeah. You know, if you need an alarm clock, get a $10 alarm clock, and then you learn to wake up. Um, or a lot of kids, their parents wake them up still. But, yeah, I think just think, like, it's being a bit more mindful and knowing, you know, ultimately, what do I want to do today? And if that screen is causing you... Um, to take away from that, like if you have a meeting at six o'clock yeah. and it's four o'clock, you're like, well, I have two hours. Perfect. Got to get all this stuff done. If it's five thirty and you just watched a whole bunch of YouTube videos, <laughs> now you're going to be like rushing. Oh, yeah. oh, I can't, I actually can't meet you at six o'clock. I have way too many things to do. I'm busy. Right. I think we've all, all yeah, fallen perfect, into right? a YouTube exactly. rabbit hole exactly. before. Yeah, well, yeah, and like you said, uh, moderation is key. And I know that when you go to schools, uh, <laughs> you preach that. And you also make it pretty easy for kids to pay attention. Because I've seen a few of your trick shots. Uh, you get a gym full of kids, and you're doing full-court Frisbee trick shots into a net. And you hit it first try. I would say, from what I've seen, I mean, I'm sure you don't post really. Although you do post, you're very transparent. You post even when you don't hit it on the first <laughs> First try, but I'd say like you hit it like almost half the time. Uh, on the first try, yeah, I'd say like ten percent. No, come on, you hit it almost fifty <laughs> percent of the time. You're allowed to. I have lock. missed uh, the best one ever was about seven hundred and fifty kids and made it on the first try. <laughs> that was before feeling. I was filming. So, oh, good, yeah, no. Well, if you want to check it out, uh, you can check out. How do they find you on social media? Frisbee Rob. Frisbee Rob is uh, just that easy. I know you're trying to get into some Red Deer schools, and we hope that you do because it's a good discussion uh, to be having. You brought uh, some Frisbees as well, so make sure you check out our social media at 106.7 The Drive. Uh, We're going to tap Rob for uh, some Frisbee trickery around the office. So uh, we appreciate you coming in. Uh, Frisbee Rob, thank you so much, man, uh, for being our guest this morning. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys.